thought we I thought I read that the the um, picks were going to be coming out for the Virginia ABC lottery on the third. Um, I'm looking at the email now. March third. I might be wrong. Uh, it says me. winners and non-winners will be notified by end of day March eighth. Oh, March eighth. Okay. So I entered the Abraham Bowman, Blanton's Gold, E.H. Taylor, 18-Year Marriage, and the Michter. No, I didn't do the Michters because of how ungodly expensive that was. Dude, and like I know for for a fact, if I were to enter that Michter's 25-year, I'd win it. Kiss $1,000 goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) And and my wife would be so pissed. You'd be at Target for like a week straight trying to make up for that one. Because you'd have you'd have to do it, or or you risk you know getting blackballed from future lotteries. True, I mean before we before we get into sort of the meat and potatoes of what we're what we've got in store tonight, um, I kind of wanted to touch on this lottery thing. I'm glad I'm glad and I'm not glad that it's back because historically I just don't do it because I know I'm not going to win in anything and I know that's a it's a horrible approach to well, have. Not with that attitude, Brian. I know. Whatever. Debbie Downer. <laughs> Um, so looking at the emails uh, for the most recent one that closed for the Borai, the High West Borai, 15,579 entries were received and they only had 167 bottles available. Yeah. Here, here's another one. The other one I did was the 1792 Sweet Wheat, 17,317 entries and they only had 307 bottles. And the last one, which shout out to Eric and Erica from his and her sips. We interviewed last week. They actually won. Yeah. Yeah. Good on them. And the last one was 1792 age, 12 years, uh, 18,000 entries. And they only had 512 bottles. So there you go. I kind of wish that, um, that they would do it a little differently, maybe yeah. split it up. Like I think North Carolina, we heard, they do their um, they do their lottery system by county. Am I right? Didn't we hear that? Yeah, I think that's I think that's what they were were trying to tell us. Is it by yeah. city or by county? I thought it was by county. You um, because he said they had boards for each. Indi- was it each individual? Not each individual store, but I, I can't. County. Remember. I think each county their alcohol beverage control board or whatever yeah okay they um they do a lottery per county so i think like the likelihood that you might win something yeah is greater if you if we did it that way but i mean not really because then you could just enter multiple raffles in multiple counties or municipalities or whatever prove, you might have to prove true where you live your residency oh that's a good point or because with, can... with virginia you have to enter your address anyway true and the store number and the store address for pickup, which I thought was a little weird. But or they could just put a bottle per person per day cap on it and not allocate everything. Truth. I where mean, and Pete, I know I'll... where is Pete Buttigieg? Get <laughs> we should send an email like, hey, we have some questions concerning Virginia ABC and sort of like the monopoly that you all run. You have time. You have like 15, 20 minutes for us. We just, just send an email saying, Pete, we need to talk. <laughs> Bear Brothers. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. This is the Bear Brothers podcast. Uh, this is your host, Dave Parker. I'm joined, as always, with Brian. 
Um, tonight we have two guys on from Malarkey Distilling Company. Uh, really excited to have uh, Kevin Sadie and Jim Larkin. I hope I pronounced that right, Kevin. You did. Absolutely. Awesome. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing great. Doing, about yourself? Doing great. Heck yeah. That's awesome. Hey, we're, we're, we're doing good. You know, we're drinking your, your fine whiskey tonight. So awesome. <laughs> what, what, what are we sipping tonight? We have the um, Heritage. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm drinking. We oh, got an old one there, too. <laughs> Brian, I've got one of the newer ones. Yeah, yeah, I'm drinking the newer one, too, right now. It's all good. <laughs> we noticed uh, Brian had gone into his local ABC to pick up a bottle, and he was like, the bottle that you have is different because I have a black label. Yeah, correct. That's a newer one. So the one with the, the white label you're having was probably about a year and a half, a year and nine months old. The newer ones with the black label are three years old. Gotcha. Oh, okay. cool. Yeah, so we're getting older as everything goes on. So as time time passes. Nice. <laughs> time marches on. Absolutely. That's right. I guess first things first, um, definitely for me, but I know our listeners are going to wonder this too. Malarkey is an interesting name. How did you guys come up with that? Well, I, I can answer that. Um, my cousin Tom Murray and my brother Mike Larkin were actually sitting at a bar about <laughs> eight years ago. And uh, we, they were talking about, you know, what could they do as a family? We're, we're a small Irish family. We're, uh, we're from the Northeast. We, we both mostly grew up in, in Vermont. And uh, so we've always been together. We moved down here in 95, 96, 97, somewhere in there uh, individually uh, to start different careers or our, our, to start our careers after college. Um, so about uh, about seven years ago, eight years ago, the guys were sitting at a bar going, you know, we, we have children, uh, we have established careers. What can we do to start a family career? You know, a family, something that we all could work together, utilize our own talents and, and expertise, but uh, more importantly, maybe create a family legacy, a company that we could, you know, hand off to our children, uh, really be proud of as we continue to grow. So Murray... Larkin and both our moms are first sisters. They're Irish girls from New York City. They're the Kellys. So Mur Larkey is a combination of the three last names, Murray, Larkin, and Kelly. It's a very it's cool. A, yeah, it's a play on the words Mullarkey, a bunch of Irish kids. Uh, yeah, perfect. So Mullarkey means bullshit in Irish, so it all works together. <laughs> so, you know, kind of fits, fits the profile of us. That's correct. And David and I are suckers for uh, for stories. So anything that's got a good story behind it, we're we're big fans of. So that yeah. that's pretty awesome to hear. Thank you for sharing that with us. Our pleasure. Um, so real quick, Jim, um, can you sort of share with us what side of the business that you're on, and um, maybe well, you kind of covered how you got into it. Um, sure. But yeah, so so what side of the business are you in primarily? Thanks for asking. So. Um... Tom's more of our, our IT, our lawyer, um, uh, behind the scenes uh, uh, resource. My brother is more into sales, sales and marketing, and I am operations. So I'm a chief operating officer here for Malarkey. And really what I bring to the table is 20 years of uh, management experience. I was a club manager for 20 years in the golf industry, believe it or not. I was a golf pro out of college. Nice. And uh, did that for 20 years, moved to four different states with my family and uh, moved back here to start this business. And I was able to lend my expertise in 
really the, the front of the house, the tasting room is a vibrant tasting room here in Bristow, Virginia. Um, lots of uh, traffic We're right next to Jiffy Lube Live, which mm -hmm. uh, up to last year, you know, does almost 30 shows and 30,000 people per show. So it's a big venue. It's, we're right on that street. Uh, we're in the middle of uh, Gainesville, Bristow, Manassas, Haymarket. We're right here amongst a million people. So we're not a destination tasting room. So that's been good. And then uh, I oversee the operation and the production. You know, I, I hand all that off to Kevin, um, but I'm the fellow that will source his needs. And, uh, you know, as he's continuing to be busier and growing, uh, the needs now are space uh, and, uh, and other things. So uh, that's been my, and of course, the retail sales of our ABC store. We have an on-site ABC store. Um, not only do we sell the bottles that we distill on site, of course, but we have tchotchkes and merchandise and other things that are very popular. Very, very cool. Now, Kevin, you, you were a master distiller, right? Well, I'm the head distiller. I don't like to use the term master. Uh, you know, I think uh, you got to be doing it a long time and have other people start calling you that. But I am the head distiller. I'm the guy that, you know, does the cooks, uh, you know, ferments it, runs the stills, does all that kind of stuff. So how much time and training does it take to kind of get to your level of expertise? <laughs> Well, let me see. About 15 years ago, I may or may not have started making moonshine in my backyard, and that kind of uh, <laughs> led me down this path. I've been at Malarkey, you know, legally here for four years. So, um, you know, basically, I came onto Malarkey. I, I, you know, I kind of say you give a cat food, they keep coming back. You know, Jim was dumb enough to give me whiskey. I kept coming back and <laughs> wouldn't leave him alone. Brought him some of my stuff. They seemed to like it. You know, got to know the guys. They're all great people. Um, they said, "Hey, we need some help in the back here. Uh, you want to come? You know, work here." So. Uh, when I started, uh, there was also another distiller here um, who, you know, subsequently left about two and a half years ago. So I kind of started working with him. Um, you know, I kind of joke, uh, he taught me small to big and I taught him big to small. He'd never done anything in his backyard. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, 15 years uh, total experience and kind of a lot of on the job, just learning it, figuring it out. Uh, you know, you learn more from your mistakes and you do from your successes and everything. So it's just been a lot of fun. Heck yeah. Awesome. Is there any, is there any like, I don't want to say schooling, but like maybe in like a classroom? Yeah, a lot of, a lot of distilleries now are hiring chemical engineers to be their distillers. Ah, you know, okay. a lot of them come out with masters in, uh, you know, distillation studies or fermentation sciences. Um, you know, I kind of went the, you know, learn it yourself type of route, but you know, nowadays a lot of the distillers, especially in the bigger companies are hiring those chemical engineers to come through it. Then you've got, you know, stuff like, uh, you know, Moonshine University down in Kentucky where you can take a week, week course. You know, we do a, a one day, you know, seminar. We call it distiller for a day. You come in and, you know, learn, you know, basically spend a day in my life. We do a cook, run the still, uh, proof down some whiskey, taste out of some barrels, that kind of stuff. Neat. That's awesome. Is all that going on during the current global health situation? Like, is so, it like yeah, this by appointment? So yeah, so the, the distiller for a day, we've kind of definitely scaled that back. Haven't been doing those uh, much during it. It's kind of doing it more much smaller scale, you know, a couple people or, you know, a group of people that know each other or family members, those kind of things. We want to be very careful, obviously, with everything going on. Sure. We were doing about four a year. You know, we're going to be coming up uh, probably with one here in a little bit, um, you know, that's uh, going to be a lot more scaled back and, you know, kind of take it easy and, you know, try to keep distance and those kind of things. Yeah, we're we're not too far from you guys. We're I'm uh, north side of Richmond. I'm in Glen nice. Allen, so it's about an hour to you guys. I, yeah. I actually 
uh, before all this happened, I used to commute to Fort Belvoir every day from here. Yeah. So nice. I know oh, that wow. route well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I bet you do. Yes. Um, so just real quick, do you guys have uh, a favorite spirit that you that you distill personally? You know, I'm a big bourbon guy, so Heritage is my drink of choice. Um, you know, everyone asks me what I drink there. I say it's either, you know, Heritage Neat or On the Rocks, because that's the only thing I can make at home. So that's the only thing I drink at the distillery. So uh, <laughs> go from there. You know, I'm, I'm a classic Irish kid. I'm, uh, I'm a very social drinker. So whatever people around me are drinking, I'm fine with. Uh, my drink of choice actually is, um, is, is the old fashioned uh, with, with the Heritage. Uh, I, I just enjoy, I don't drink as much volume as I once did. So I enjoy the uh, two or three of the, uh, the old fashions, but I also enjoy our, our award-winning vodka. Um, I, I'm, we're always sipping some vodka. I'm, as I mentioned, I was a golf professional, so I've, I've, I've been on a, a golf course or two, and it's tough to drink bourbon on a golf course and worry <laughs> about your golf swing. Yeah, uh, so that. vodka, vodka was a little lighter. Uh, obviously, you were mixing it with lemonade or Gatorade or whatever it was on the on, on the on the on the cart. So uh, uh, definitely a social drinker. I was a social golfer myself as well. But um, the one thing about malarkey that uh, is sort of uh, is unique to malarkey is that we have these infused whiskeys, and and um, while we have an award-winning vodka and, and now award-winning gin. Uh, they can be overlooked at times because the cocktails that we make with these infused whiskeys is a, is a new category for a lot of folks. And um, in the tasting room in particular, we, we do a lot of those cocktails. So at the end of the day, uh, we, we all enjoy what we like, um, but um, at the, the reality is um, there's so much that we have to offer in terms of spirit that you really don't get bored. Yeah, coming to yeah, the tasting room, we usually have about 30 different cocktails on the menu at any one time with all the dirty uh, options wow. that we have, correct. That's crazy. Yeah, we were, I was looking at the website. I've been kind of just drawn to the website. Um, yeah, you guys have a lot of the infused things. And there, so before David jumps into the next question, I wanted, there's something that's on the website right now that's a limited run that you can't click yep. on to get any more information, the brutality. <laughs> Is that Brutality. Yeah, that's our limited edition single barrel. It's kind of our experimentation. We do it about three or four times a year. It's, um, you know, us doing something fun. We're finding a honey barrel. This just has a great, awesome taste to it. So the next one's going to be coming out, I believe, what is it, March 12th, Jimmy? Correct. Um, and that one, this one, we found a honey barrel. Um, basically, it's a little over three years old. It's got big uh, cherry notes to the nose. And when you taste it, it's got a hint of cherry with some nice toffee at the end of it. So it's just a really you know, nice sipping whiskey. So, you know, the last one we had a big uh, spice notes to it. We called it Christmas Spice. It came out around December. Mm -hmm. uh, that one was in a French oak. So it really imparted some different spiciness flavors to it. it. had almost like a gingerbread nutmeg flavor to it. So each one's entirely different. And when it's gone, it's gone. Um, the last one sold out in two days. So, you know, a lot of people look forward to it. We've got some people have been you know, buying it this next one coming up is release 18 so people have been buying them for the whole 18 mm -hmm. uh releases we've had um so it's, it's kind of getting a cult following out there that's that's pretty sweet and and i'm assuming that these expressions are like gift shop purchases only they won't go to abc correct, correct. although it will be available okay. uh, online um i believe the last one and this one we're going to put a certain number of uh, bottles for sale um for delivery or pickup online 
Yeah, I'm going to be watching for that because I, I, yeah, I need a bottle <laughs> I of that. I think Monday the eighth. I think awesome. it's going to go online. So uh, be looking correct. Absolutely. I'll, I'll set a, I'll set a calendar reminder. <laughs> that sounds it's right a good one. Mind. Off the, um, you know, I'm relatively new to the whiskey game. Brian's a little more experienced than I am, so he's kind of been coaching me along the way, and I'm starting to get better at tasting notes. Or at least I think so. Off the first pour of this heritage, um, I got a lot of barley. Can you guys? I'm not asking you to tell us yeah. the mash bill, but can you get into that? Oh, a yeah, bit? it's 70% corn, 20% rye, 10% applewood smoked uh, malted barley. Okay. So, yeah, we've got no secrets, you know. Yeah, I'm getting better. <laughs> and one thing we do too that's different from a lot of places, we take Virginia red wine barrels, open them up, and charm ourselves and put them back together and age in that wine barrel. So, it's a charred red wine barrel. That's why at 100 proof, Usually drinks a little softer than that mid palate. You get a nice little sweetness. You don't get that burn um, that you usually do. You know, mid palate with a hundred proof uh, whiskey. Absolutely, and uh, like I, I was, I think I've I was talking telling Brian this last night. I can pick up the barley in this more than others, but it's not. I'm not yeah. a really I'm not a really big Scotch person either. But you guys do it. You guys do a good job with this. I yeah, appreciate that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, this, this is getting its rounds to friends too. So as a kid, we, we've tried to plug you guys as much as we could. <laughs> awesome. Like I said, it's getting a little more complex flavor. The you know the newer batches that are the three years old now, as opposed to some of the earlier ones that were a little younger and everything. So it's definitely you know rounding out more complexity. You know, kind of uh, you know better flavors to it and everything as it goes through too. Awesome. Now, the the heritage. Old country whiskey leads me to believe that you guys are maybe paying homage to your ancestors across the pond. Is that Correct. right about that? Absolutely. Absolutely. We're, we, we as cousins are second generation Irish. So our grandmother and grandfather came off the boat into Ellis Island in New York City. Uh, they had five children uh, in the Bronx, New York, uh, and two of which are our moms. So they most of their families, brothers and sisters, uh, stayed in Ireland. So there was only a few lucky ones, I would say, that <laughs> were able to get over over time. So most of the cousins uh, or our, our grandparents, uh, family members are still in Ireland and their descendants, but we've met quite a few of them with family reunions. You can imagine a, a, <laughs> Kelly, a Kelly family reunion was something to look forward to every summer. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, it was great. That's pretty, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so just not to overshare, I noticed that you guys had, is it, um, is it one of the family's coat of arms or is that just a crest that you guys came up with? On, you know, the... good, good question. Every, all of us have all, all Irish and, and Celtic and, and Scottish families have that clansman. Cl uh, there you go. Oh, nice. They're looking nice. good right there. <laughs> so, uh, the, the Larkins, uh, my father was, was, a, uh, was a Boston Larkin. So my mom married a, a Boston Larkin. Well, I was born in South Boston. His, uh, his, his mom's maiden name was Fitzgerald. Um, so it was pretty Irish in, in South Boston at that time. Um, and so the, the Larkins have a coat of arms. The Murrays have a coat of arms. And of course, the Kellys did. When we came up with this, we thought that it would be cool to have a Merlarkey coat of arms. So we, we put the... Uh, the two head to two uh, stags budding heads. Uh, we put the three stars over the top uh, for one star per family, 
and mm -hmm. we put it in sort of that co Irish coat of arms, uh, so to speak. So we did that ourselves. We, we think it's catchy. We, we think it's pretty cool. And uh, again, it's really a, a, a conversation piece. Mm -hmm. Jimmy won't tell you, but the budding heads of the stags is family working together. So, you know, you always butt heads. So, uh, <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's somebody right. gave, uh, somebody gave our family a, a lineage book. Um, and Prince George's County, Maryland was settled by my great, 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 great grandfather, Captain Very George cool. Athey out of Galway, Ireland. Um, yeah. So one day we'll get over there and, and check out the homestead. I think sadly uh, the castle is a parking lot. <laughs> So yeah. that kind of sucks, but <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. We, we, my grandfather, Bill Kelly came from Galway mm -hmm. and my grandmother, Catherine Bannon came from Athlone, which is about a hundred miles East towards Dublin. Very, very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Um, so I, I think the next question I have for you guys is kind of a two-parter and hopefully it's not too lengthy. Um, so the first piece being, how important is it to have the community backing you guys where you are? Well, I certainly can answer that. We, I just actually got off a, um, a Zoom Prince William County awards meeting and it was wonderful. Um, we've been doing this now five years and we've been recognized, Malarkey Still Spirits as a community partner and recognized as an excellence in small business one year. And this year we were just recognized by um, uh, by Ian Wheeler as, as a, uh, a community recognition um, award. And really why, that, why this year was, we were recognized is because of the pivot to hand sanitizer that we did last March, uh, April and May, uh, and then throughout the year. But uh, really we went full bore right then and there when, when we got closed down, when the whole area got closed down and and it was a little panic on, on sanit, sanitary um, uh, hand sanitizer. So uh, that was really cool for us to be recognized uh, in that regard. Um, the county also recognized us with a humanitarian award for last year. So the community is huge for us. We live in this community. We've been in this community for many of our lives, our, uh, many years of our lives. Our children have not only gone to school here, but uh, have graduated high school. Uh, and moved on. So um, we're still in this community. The community has rallied and got us personally through this crisis. Uh, mm -hmm. the, we're still not through it, but, um, but we're th hopefully looking, we're mostly past it. And the community is the whole, sole reason why we did. Excellent. And then, so sort of to piggyback off of that, um, with Prince William County, um, being a Fed, like my life is paperwork. So can you take us through that process of getting state, federal, local <laughs> municipality, and I, I hear you laughing, um, sort of those hoops that you had to jump through in order to establish yourselves, uh, yourselves as legal distillers in Prince William County? Yeah, you know, I would, we lived it, both Kevin and I, Kevin outside, me sort of in the other room and I could hear Tom's frustration when he was banging his computer. Um, <laughs> you know, the reality is uh, that this opening a distilled spirits plant in any state, just federally is, is, is time consuming. Um, they do it, the, you know, the reality is they do it the right way. There's a lot of paperwork. There's a lot of process uh, federally. Once you, once you are uh, approved federally, then it, it comes down to the state level. The state 
six years ago only had, we became the 12th licensed distillery in the history of the state of Virginia just six mm -hmm. years ago. Wow. Um, so there wasn't a lot of process through that. Um, you know, obviously Bowman had been through it. Uh, Copper Fox, Catoctin Creek were some of the bigger ones and the older ones. The, the folks that, that, you know, forged, forged the way for us. Um, now there's over 70 and, and it's continuing to grow. We, we, we as a business thought that that was going to happen and we wanted to be ahead of it. We, we, we actually were. Um, obviously in three years, it, tri it tripled in size. Um, that doesn't mean it's easier today than it was six years ago. It just means that there's a little bit more resources to get through. And the people that you're speaking with, whether it's the feds or the state, are more apt to answer your questions or guide you versus just say yay or nay. And then the, the, the toughest part for us, the time, most time consuming was the local. And the reality is, was, and still is, is that Malarkey is the only distilled spirits plant in Prince William County. And frankly, the county had archaic laws back to prohibition that we had to amend. So we sort of, <laughs> it was not easy to say the least. Now, not to say that the county was against it by any stretch, they just didn't have the proper laws like they had with wineries and breweries to open up uh, a distilled spirits plant in the county. So we grew as they grew. Um, so That's long story short now, it's, it, it was frustrating at the time, but the reality is they could only do so much. They had to do it the right way. Uh, we, it pushed us back about six, eight months, but you look back and I, it was just, it, it certainly was worth it. Um, the Jimmy Short uh, on that a little bit. Uh, they actually had their ribbon cutting ceremony with all the politicians there, <laughs> cut the ribbon. The next day there was a cease and desist because there was no, um, what what is it, um, zoning for a distillery in Prince William <laughs> County. So it pushed it back the grand opening six months after the pictures were in the paper and everything. So, <laughs> oh. you know, Jimmy's kind of making it sound nice, but it was kind of brutal at the time. Yeah. Oof. Well, it, it was, and and you know, I, I think I blacked that out of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> the, the reality is, it was not nefarious by them. No, by absolutely us. not. It was just they just realized there was no zoning for it. You know, after the ceremony had happened. That's correct. I mean, we had full support of the government officials, yep. local, and and they were on board, and they were they were more surprised and fairly more embarrassed than we when they had to come to us and say. Uh, we have to stop working for, for a period of time. Ugh. It's rough. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, David, I've got like so many more added on things to ask these guys, but I'm going to let you jump in and ask some of these questions. So we, um, you know, obviously we're not close to you guys. So we can't come in. We're, we're trying to plan a trip in, in the near future, but let us know. We, we've been reading a lot about Malarkey's uh, Poppy, you know? Oh Yeah. And my, that begs like just the immediate question from me, how often does he get confused with Pappy Van Winkle? <laughs> yeah, but, uh, probably, well, especially with brutality, right? Pap, pa, uh, <laughs> the brutality release is sort of our Pappy Van Winkle, you know, that, that craziness. But no, I mean, Poppy, Poppy is uh, a part of our family. He's, uh, he's been with us since the beginning. Uh, he's been actually a, a true inspiration on 
on my cousin Tom and my brother Mike to form the company. My brother Mike married his poppy's daughter, uh, and and you're gonna laugh, but it's a woman, a young woman that I hired to be a golf professional with me. That's so nice. I told my brother <laughs> to stay away from this beautiful new hire, and and he didn't listen. Neither did she. They fell in love and now have two beautiful children. But uh, what that did is it brought Poppy and his wife Jan into our lives. Um, so. George is a five-star chef out of New York City. Um, he's a, 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 he has a wonderful, intriguing story. So if nothing else, you're going to always get a different, a fun, unique story when you come to Malarkey. Um, you're going to get a different drink and a different experience. But at the end of the day, we're all, we, there's so many different stories that we can tell. Uh, Poppy fits right in. He's a Russian-born, uh, Venezuelan-grown um, immigrant into the, in the United States, um, uh, became a citizen, uh, worked his way up, uh, into a five-star chef, a culinary Institute graduate, his palate and years of experience have helped Kevin create the spirits that we have today. Um, and without either one of them, uh, we wouldn't have those, but Poppy has been the driving force to separate us from the next distiller. Poppy's wow. a genius. He thinks in flavors. So, I mean, you come in, the cocktails he makes are unbelievable. Nobody ever leaves, you know, not happy with the drink they have. He's, he's incredible. A genius, you know, as, as Jim said, you know, he comes up with a lot of the different flavor infusions, helps us. He's the nose, we call him here. You know, his palate, his sense of smell, a sense of everything is just amazing. I'm not a, I'm not traditionally a mixed drinks guy, but reading some of the stuff that he's created and uh, all the <laughs> testimonials about him, like, I'll do it. Yeah. I'm sold. <laughs> <laughs> They're incredible. You won't be sorry. Oh, he, he could make a whiskey on the rocks. <laughs> Water uh, melt in your mouth, you know, I mean, because he he's going to talk you through it. And he always said part of part of culinary is, is, is presentation, right? So if it looks great on the plate, now your mind is saying it's going to taste. And if it smells wonderful, that's the second uh, uh, part. And so when it finally gets to your mouth, you, you've almost convinced yourself that, darn it, 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 it has to be good. Mm -hmm. And it is. Well, yeah. That, and then <laughs> but, you know, that, that, that's where the proof you know, the yep. put, is in the pudding is you got to taste it and appreciate that. Um, and that's part of the whole nose and, and, and tasting experience here. It's, it's all about what do you get? Kevin mentioned mid palate, back, back of the tongue. Um, back of the mouth, finish. I mean, there's, there's so much than just taking a sip of, of spirit. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I, and like I said, you know, I'm getting, I'm getting into this. I'm new. So I'm learning all these different things. And when we, when we do these podcasts, I try so hard not to sound pretentious. It, <laughs> it can, it can, it can kind of come off that, that way sometimes, but I can definitely understand when you say, on the front end, on the back end, you know, it's, it's all about the experience for me. And, and I, you know, I think with this heritage, I get different things every time. Good. Glad to hear it. Good. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not a one dimensional spirit and Absolutely that's not, that's what having you don't red, want. Yeah. Having that red wine layer in there that, you know, the whiskey's moving in and out of in that wood through the summers and in, in the winters, 
basically really adds complexity to it. You know, it's not just, you know, the wood and the, the char. You actually have that red wine layer that's been charred that you're getting some additional flavors into too. And there's something to say about having a, a uniform taste across the board, but I like the hits you in the face complex mm-hmm. like flavors that this, I mean, definitely the wine cask, I think does it, you know, loads of justice. Good. Right. You like it. So I'm going to, I'm going to hop back in David, if that's yeah. okay. Um, so one more kind of boring question. Um, I know that taxes were a nightmare for a little while on distilled spirits. Um, and from what I've been able to read and find, there was legislation that was proposed and actually passed where it wasn't such a, a tremendous hit to bottom lines and sales and stuff like that. Can you, can you touch on that? Oh, absolutely. It's, it's been a huge uh, a win for this, this, the distilled industry, um, especially the, sm- the craft distillery. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the law was it was uh, a proof gallon was prior to just two years ago, um, tax federally taxed the excise tax was over $13 a proof gallon. I want to, I want to say 1350, I think yeah. 1350 and the, 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 the temporary regulation that was, uh, instituted two years ago, uh, brought it down to, I want to say two, 270. $2. 270. So, I mean, that's a huge savings that instead of paying federal excise tax, the cash stayed with us that we then could afford as a small Mm -hmm. business to pay for other things. Uh, Craft distillers aren't getting rich uh, (laughs) overnight. You know, you have to, the goal, first of all, if if you're getting into distilling to get rich, it's not, it's not, it's a losing proposition. It's going to take way too long. The, 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 the goal of of craft distilling is to share your expertise and create an environment that, and a, and a, and a product that people enjoy in a social setting. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what makes you feel good about what you do. Um, The proof gallon uh, reduction FET reduction probably saved 50% of craft distillers. With that, they were able to buy equipment, to buy products, to add tasting room staff. They spent it back into their, into their business. So that was huge for us. And then what was really, really, really huge is that uh, the last minute of, of 2020, they passed that for another extended period of time i don't know if it's permanent yes it is yep and and the reality is that was a huge load off all our backs and now we can continue to focus on the cost spending and the budgeting that we were spending in 2020 on on those things thank you for sharing i mean everything so far this evening it's it's been it's been a joy and i'm glad we were able to to get you guys on with us yeah us too um, so the last two things I have, um, cooperage, can you guys speak to your barrels sourcing and stuff like that? Yeah, I can. So right now, like I said, uh, you know, the products we have out there are using the, the used Virginia red wine barrels. We get them from Pearman sellers, from Rappahannock sellers, uh, Bull Run, um, all, a lot of the local wineries around here. So once again, we're keeping it local. We open them up, char them, put them back together and age them. Um, so that's for our heritage and our smokehouse whiskey, which is another very interesting one. I'll kind of diverge for a second before getting back to the cooperage. Our smokehouse whiskey, we take a stage from the wine barrels, cut them up to little pieces, put those pieces in the top of the smoker, 10 pounds of slab bacon in the bottom of the smoker, 
smoke the bacon for eight hours, the smoke gets in the wood. We take that wood, put it in a steeping bag and steep it in a barrel of our heritage whiskey for two to three months. So it's basically barbecue in a bottle. It's bacon smoked whiskey. It goes great oh, in a Bloody wow. Mary, great in an old fashioned, great by itself. Um, so with those Virginia red wine barrels, we age them like that. Uh, we, we do actually have been getting some new charred oak barrels. So we will have an official bourbon coming out probably later this summer. Uh, we have been getting them from Independent Stave Company, uh, which is kind of the, you know, the biggest uh, you know, cooperage in America. Uh, char number four, uh, we've been using those. Uh, we are switching over to Speyside um, cooperage in Virginia. So once again, we wanna keep every, everything we can do local or in Virginia we wanna do. So we're switching, these guys open, they came to us, seem to make great barrels. So we're switching over to them. We're gonna be aging our bourbon in the new Virginia barrels going forward as well. Most excellent. Yeah, I was I was kind of leading into the, the level of char that you guys yeah, historically absolutely. Used, so. One thing too, speaking of barrels and everything, one thing that we do that's kind of unique with our aging is we age in steel shipping containers, Connex boxes. We call them our redneck rickhouses. So they're metal <laughs> containers. So in the summertime, it gets super hot in there. So basically, oh, the pores on the wood open up, the whiskey goes deep through the char, through the red wine into the oak. When it gets cold, it pushes it out. Um, so we get the vast changes of the, the temperatures, you know, basically add that flavor and complexity to the, the flavor of the whiskey. One other good thing with it too, I, I was joke around, but it's kind of true, especially in the summertime, since it is a, a steel container, all the angel share stays inside that container. So actually the proof of our whiskey actually goes down over time. We put it in the barrel at 110 proof. After three years or so, it's, it comes out about 105, 106 proof because all the humidity, the angel share stays inside that container. So the water goes back into the, into the uh, barrel. So water molecules are smaller, so they evaporate quicker. Um, so that's why Kentucky with the open air rick houses that evaporates into the air. So the proof goes up as time goes on with all the humidity and the angel share staying in there, our proof goes down some, but especially summertime, if we go out there in the morning, open it up, we get a gush of alcohol vapor comes in there. So you get an instant buzz going on as soon as you open it up in the morning. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> I know those, I know those contacts all too well. I lived yeah. in for 11 months. <laughs> oh, geez. So, yeah, it's nice. hot. Yeah, we yeah, open it up. It's like it rained in there. There's just, yeah. you know, liquid everywhere and everything. So it actually adds, you know, deep flavor because of the constant, uh, you know, changes those temperatures to it. That's an interesting concept. I didn't, I never thought about it like that. Hmm. Now you, you mentioned local stuff um, before we let you go. You guys have pledged yourself to be a hundred percent farm to flask. Um, how important is that to you guys? <laughs> it says on your, on your sweatshirt. How important is that to you guys going forward? Jim, I think it's super important to us. We want to, you know, people come to us, they want to drink local, they want to drink Virginia spirits. So we want to make sure that we're doing the same thing, whether it's our corn, barley, and rye we're getting from, you know, farmers in the northern neck of Virginia, or our coffee, you know, that we get for our coffee whiskey, basically we're getting from a local coffee roaster up the street, our three tea whiskeys from Virginia Tea Company. Um, you know, we switched over barrels to a Virginia company, anything we can do local and give back to the community or give back to, you know, local businesses, we definitely want to do. Awesome. I know that, um, I guess being a craft distiller, you, you want to use local products. Absolutely. We talked with, uh, John and Michelle Davenport with three crosses. Oh yeah. I love those guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They actually, um, she told me about you that you guys did your, uh, little bourbon class. Yeah. We did a little thing down there. That's why I first met her before they'd even opened and everything. Uh, great people make some great products down there. Uh, a great place. They're, they're also, um, they try to use all local stuff as well. So I think that's great. And I think using the community, not only for your product, 
but then having them come in and, and then drink the product. I think it's a cool mm-hmm. absolutely right. But, yeah, I think guys, I think that's all the time we have tonight. But we really do cool. appreciate you guys coming cool. on. Hey, real quick, I, I, if you got two minutes, I just want to mention you mentioned the flavor infused whiskeys. Just want yeah. to mention they're all natural. We don't add any sugar, colors, flavors, preservatives. Like our cinnamon whiskey is 18 pounds of cinnamon sticks steeped in a, a barrel of our white whiskey for uh, four to five weeks. So they're all natural. You don't have to go to the dentist next day because you got a cavity from all the sugar <laughs> some of those other people put in there. You're not going to get that brutal hangover. So our cinnamon whiskey tastes like cinnamon. Our three tea whiskey, we're making a big pot of tea with whiskey instead of water. So it tastes like tea. Um, you know, our lemon and orange whiskeys taste like lemon and orange. So they go great in cocktails. So a lot of bartenders and people who come into our distillery who say, I'm not a whiskey person, have one of these whiskeys because they're not, they're thinking bourbon, scotch, Irish whiskey, and they have a flavor infused one that has a great flavor and makes a great cocktail and say, oh, wow, now I'm a whiskey person. So that's kind of a, something that sets us apart a little bit. We've got 13 different products. You come into our distillery, we're going to find something you're going to like guaranteed. Yeah, that uh, that banana, that banana whiskey has caught our eye. We, it tastes I'm like banana excited. bread. It's awesome. It's dehydrated baby banana fingers. We steep in the barrel of the white whiskey. That one takes the longest. That's about two to three months to make that one because uh, you know they're dehydrated. It takes a lot of time to you know penetrate it and get the flavor from it. But it's it's very popular. Awesome. Again, thanks so much for coming on, guys. I really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Our listeners, um, to our listeners up in Northern Virginia area, reach out to Malarkey Distilling Company in Bristow. Head on over, talk to uh, Jim, Kevin, and definitely, definitely talk to Poppy. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. uh, find them on find them on Instagram, uh, Instagram.com uh, forward slash Malarkey. They're on most social media platforms. Is that right, guys? Yes, sir. That's correct. Okay. And Malarkey.com malarkey.com if all else fails google map and go straight to the front door hey guys this is dave and brian from the barrel brothers podcast i'm not sure if you guys knew this or not but virginia was actually the birthplace of distilled spirits in america and for those of you listening in the richmond or central virginia area we encourage you guys to get out and support our ever-growing base of craft distilleries in particular if you're looking for a great day out in the country we encourage you to visit our friends over at Three Crosses Distilling Company. Yeah, and actually, David, our friends at Three Crosses Distilling Company are a family and veteran-known craft distillery right in the village of Powhatan and Powhatan County. They are creators of multiple award-winning spirits, not to forget their highly decorated American whiskey. Their tasting room is a throwback to the classic neighborhood gathering place. Give Three Crosses a try. They'll quickly become one of your favorite hangouts. Also, don't forget to let them know that the Barrel Brothers sent you. Dude, how cool were those dudes? Seriously, I was like two of the nicest, most knowledgeable people I think I've ever met. Like <laughs> that was, that was, that was so cool. I hope we can have them back on again. Like I would like to just pick Kevin's ear just about the, the science behind everything. Yeah. And like the, the short amount of time that we had them, I think we were on for like 30 minutes with them or something like that. Yeah. He gave a lot of, a lot of information. Mm-hmm. Like drinking from a fire hose, and I'm like, I, I need more time with that dude. Yeah. Well, and the fact that they do that distiller for a day, I think that would be something sweet that we should probably take it not take advantage of, but we should definitely be like, hey, we're coming up. Let us let us know when we can come in and sit for one of those classes. Oh yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I mean, like, I was trying not to get too bogged down <clears throat> with uh, 
like the logistics and stuff like that. But um, man, they're on it. Every question we threw at them, they were bang, 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 bang. That was well, and that's kind of what you hope for. You don't want somebody that's like, ah, I don't really know. <laughs> what are <laughs> taxes? Ah, I got it. <laughs> couldn't be nicer people too. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. It, it makes the experience better when when the the people are easy to work with. Oh, for sure. So, Absolutely, yeah, for sure. Our listeners out there, definitely, 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 keep trying craft distilleries. Doesn't mm-hmm. have to be Virginia, wherever you are, but. Um, for sure, if you can try some malarkey stuff. I know in Virginia ABC they only have the Heritage Old Country Whiskey and then the Smokehouse. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you get a chance to go to the distillery, they have like I think Jim said thirteen different infused whiskeys. Well, not only that, their cocktail menu is thirty plus mixed drinks. Right, like that—that's insane. And they've got a five-star like. It, did they say Poppy was a Michelin chef or just the, like the five-star chef? Uh, he said five-star chef out of New York City. Okay. Yeah. I don't even know what Michelin means. Yeah. Michelin I think it, ooh. No, I don't think that's it. No, it doesn't. Michelin has like a rating system, right? Yeah. 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 Restaurants. Yeah. But either way, I can't wait to get there and hang out with them. I, and like, as we've been saying all along, the bourbon community, the people in the bourbon community are awesome people for the most part, especially these small Virginia craft distillers. Like you can't find better people. I mean, they, they truly are incredible. And I think with, um, I was thinking about this earlier, you know, we started out with John and Michelle Davenport with three crosses. They are quite literally a family run joint because it's like just them plus like mm-hmm. three other employees with malarkey it seems like they might have a little bit bigger of an operation mm-hmm. but the the attitude the camaraderie the um what else am i thinking of brian just the way they go about business is the same level as mm-hmm. as, as michelle and john yeah it's that like that down home feeling when you talk mm-hmm. to them you know what i mean the uh well i mean and as you know i i think this as you'll hear in the in the episode or as you've heard in the episode they're they're super family oriented very down to earth uh, approachable i think is one of the adjectives you were looking for there david yeah because we've kind of come across some situations where people aren't so approachable but <laughs> for the most part it's been a wonderful experience uh, especially with the virginia small the small virginia craft distillery um, journey and you know i can't plug malarkey and three crosses enough right now just just basis the the time we've spent with them so what do you think about let's let's do a little bit of tasting notes oh for sure yeah yeah. we talked about it a little bit within the conversation with them but i didn't want to spend too much time on it because mm-hmm. we could have a three hour long episode with them i we could have been on with for days with <laughs> kevin and jim <laughs> but um with the with the um heritage old country whiskey um by by malarkey you get that sweetness from the corn obviously but the the malted barley i think stuck out more than than the other grains in the mash yeah i mean so for me it it wasn't it wasn't as in your face in your nose or on your palate as much as like a a scotch is it was like hey i'm a little warm i'm here i've got your attention now pay attention to the rest of what's going on behind the the heat up front right so I tried it in its purest form, like I preach. Um, then I proofed it down a little bit. I added a little bit of water. And even just adding a cap full of water, just more dimensions and more dimensions and more dimensions to it. And, and I'm coming to find, David, like your approach 
punch me, kick me in the face with complexity and flavors and, you know, just give it to me. So it's a good one for, I think it's 40, 40 bucks. Between 40 and 50. I don't remember the exact dollar amount. Um, but this one is, is readily available in Virginia. You can find it basically any ABC you go to. And it's not just a Virginia small business that you're helping out. Everything Malarkey touches is Virginia based. That's right. Everything they source their barrels from Virginia wineries and other places in Virginia, uh, all their corn, grain, everything that they can comes from the state of Virginia, the Commonwealth of Virginia. So that's, that's a that's a big support too. And you might think, and we've touched on this before, craft distillers generally charge more for their for their spirits. Yeah, that's just the nature of the game. But I think you got to you got to remember too you know where it's coming from, mm-hmm. especially when they, when they source all local ingredients, you know exactly where it's coming from. Yep. And I don't mind paying that, paying that, you know, 10, $15 extra within reason, True. Um, you know, t- to know, you know, where the corn's coming from, mm-hmm. where the barrels are coming from. You know what I mean? Oh, it's a pride thing for me. I mean, something I'm Virginia boy through and through. So anything that I can do to support the Commonwealth and within the legal confines uh, and, and back a, a small craft distillery, a family oriented, not an Irish family oriented small craft distillery. That was, that was cool to hear about the, the naming conventions and how they came up with all that and their sort of coat of arms that they created for Malarkey um, Distillery. Uh, got to share a little bit of lineage from my side too. So that was, that was a, I think that's probably one of my favorite episodes that we've done, uh, to be honest with you, man. Oh yeah. No, they, they're great. Yeah. That was, that was awesome. And them, you know, them having an Irish lineage is a nice segue into discussing what's to come in March for us. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We have the listeners out there. We have an Irish series. We've plugged it a couple of times, but um, this is kind of your, your official uh, trailer, if you will. I should have bagpipes playing or something in the background right now, but (laughs) gear down there, big truck. (laughs) Should Uh, we tease them a little bit with maybe the first or second week or should we just no teasers and go right into it in in March? No teasers. No tea. Okay. So I'll I'll give them this. We are, we are doing, they're going to be four Irish whiskeys for the four weeks in March. Um, Some of them are well-known. Mm-hmm. You can go out on a limb and probably guess which one we're talking about. Some of them are not well known. And actually, some of them, one in particular, is brand new to me. I had no idea what it was until you told me about it. Mm-hmm. And that was a nice surprise, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, and that's been like one of my favorite things about this, that this path that we've gone down together. It's like I got so much enjoyment out of the surprise. Like when, I mean, you're kind of a guy, a few words anyway, but when I got that one word, three letter text from you about one of them that we're going to do, and it was just, wow. I knew I was like, (laughs) hell yeah, he's in, he's on it. He loves it. Um, Because yeah, there's, there's a big difference between Scotch whiskey, Scotch blends and Irish whiskeys. There's no pepper. There's no peat. There's no, there's, there's hardly any smoke. There's none of that stuff. And It'll get on you quick. <laughs> it's a completely different flavor profile than I've experienced before. Yeah. I mean, and the fact that we're venturing out, I think that that's also pretty awesome too. So looking yeah. forward to it, man. This is going to be a good month. Oh, yeah. 
So, so definitely, uh, you know, wear your green while you're listening to us. Get ready for it. And, we, and feel uh, free to, feel free, you know, the listeners out there, feel free to drink Irish whiskey with us when you're listening. Mm-hmm. You know, we this, this is why we do that. We want you guys to, to learn as we learn. We want you to experience as we experience. Mm-hmm. Go out there. When we reviewed these whiskeys, unless it tastes like absolute garbage, go out and try it. Yeah. And, you know, to piggyback off what David just said, call us, text us, DM us, email us, hit us up on social media. If you've got hints, recommendations, questions, comments, concerns, uh, Barrel Brothers podcast on Instagram. Uh, I think we're working on a Facebook page and I I think we've teased the idea of a a YouTube page, maybe with, uh, with some video reviews and stuff like that. But, um, Big things, big things on the horizon for for the Barrel Brothers. Not just a, not just pretty faces on a podcast, but we got some things in the works. That's right, pretty faces. <laughs> we got a face for radio. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. All right, no, I, I was talking to my wife about this the other night, and um, since we have our logo now, I told her I was like, I can never shave my beard. Oh, you could. You'd be all right. I mean, it grows back relatively quick, but yeah, within three weeks, you go from twelve-year-old face David to Chris Kringle. It's pretty—it's actually impressive. I'm pretty—I'm pretty impressed by that. But then it just kind of stops. It gets stagnant, and it doesn't really—I don't know. I don't know that I could ever get to your beard length. I don't know if you've seen my brother lately. Um, he's, he's got he's that got Viking beard. Yeah, he's got that like Viking, like fire engine red, long down to your you know, number one all the way around covered in tattoo. He's a big old teddy bear though. <laughs> I'd be interested to see if I could get his ass on here. He's a, he's a strong, but silent type. I'd, that'd be kind of fun to get him on here too. He's a big beer guy though. He's yeah, not, he's he, not so much a brown liquor dude. You said he's transitioned from, from liquor to beer recently. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. La- last few years. I don't think uh, I can tell you the exact last bottle he ever had of a distilled spirit. And it was, Four rows of single barrel. And I think he got it as a, a good gift. choice. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. It was a good one. Um, but I'm fairly certain that was the last bottle he had, and that was years ago. So he's yeah, he's a big beer guy. They know him by name at Total Wine up in Northern Virginia. And they all <laughs> big pats coming in. <laughs> That'd be fun to have him on. So I'll, I can reach out to him. And I think uh I think Tex wants to be on one or two of the episodes in March too for, for Irish whiskey. So he's We've, we've been talking pretty much every day about, you know, all things family and whiskey related. So awesome. Well, I think that does it this week, guys. Um, as always, please drink responsibly. Um, St. Patrick's Day is coming up I mm-hmm. guess, in less than a month. So get crazy, but don't get crazy. You got to get crazy, go crazy at home. And if you got to get crazy <laughs> out, stay six feet apart so we can get past this shit. I'm tired of it. I'm ready to I need, we need normalcy, but I'm not going down that rabbit hole tonight. (laughs) So call a friend, call a cab, call an Uber, um, make smart choices, make good decisions. And as always, folks, drink what you love and love what you drink. That's right. We'll see you guys next week. See y'all. Hey guys, this is Dave from the Barrel Brothers Podcast. Are you interested in commentary for the average golfer? If so, head on over to the First Tee Jitters Podcast. 
That's the first T Jitters podcast available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.